You're listening to the Ignite Sessions podcast, hosted by Virginia Tech Chi Alpha. Our hope for this podcast is to encourage listeners to pursue God's kingdom and His righteousness. We hope you're blessed by today's episode. All right. Get ready to take your seat. Awesome. Hey, again, thank you guys so much for coming out to... Kai Alpha, we are grateful that you are here, and uh, I, it's crazy. Your first week of the semester is over. We're, we're, we're diving into week two, and uh, I hope you are still glad that you're here. I mean, at Virginia Tech. So, I know that there's probably been some challenging things that have come across your desk already, but uh, let me just tell you that the Lord, is, the Lord is with you, and I believe that God desires, right, desires to, to bless you and help you through this college experience. My name is Anthony Saladino. I'm the director of Chi Alpha, and my wife and I have now uh, been here for at least 14 years. It's debatable, 14, 15, depends who you ask. Um, I've been in doing Chi Alpha for 22-ish years, and so I'm old. That's what that means. So thank you very much. Um, I'm an old man. We have four kids. I don't know if we can pull up a picture of the family. If you were here last week, sorry, I'm showing the same picture if it's there. You would think as when you're in uh, campus ministry, you'd have a lot of these pictures. We don't. This is it. So, no, I'm just kidding. But so there we are. That's my wife, Michelle, and my oldest, Micah, Ethan, Anna, and Ava. Anna is here. Um, Anna, if you don't know her, she just has continued to have a special connection with Jesus. And uh, man, I would just encourage if, the, if she gets to pray for you, right? Um, there's people in the room who've been prayed for by Anna. But Anna is one of those children that like you'll just kind of hear singing coming forth from her room because she's worshiping Jesus. Uh, she's also the only nine-year-old I know that has a prayer closet, Literally has a prayer closet. <clears throat> and, uh, and so, uh, so anyway, so I, we love her. We're super excited for what God has for her in this life. Hey, let me pray, and then we're going to dive in to our message. Jesus, speak to us tonight. Father, we're asking, God, that your presence would come. God, as we read your word, that the Spirit would lead and guide us into truth, Father, that you would open our eyes to see you more clearly, open our ears to hear you more clearly tonight. God, that you would transform us from the inside out. God, I pray that even tonight, God, those of us in this room that perhaps are still questioning the reality of your existence, Jesus, that you would reveal yourself tonight in a way that would speak to each individual. Father, thank you that you know each and every single person, you know, the amount of hairs on their head. And so, God, we're just saying, come and meet with us, God. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so there was a, I was listening to a guy teach the other day, and he said, did you guys know that there's this new study out that women that are putting on a couple pounds are living longer? They're living longer 
They're living longer than the men that say anything about it. Some of you didn't get that. <laughs> but as a married man, that was married advice, okay? That was, that was marriage advice for you, okay? Because I'm assuming that if you're sitting in these seats, one day you'd like to get married. So, someday. Okay, no, seriously, all right. Hey, I have a, I have a, I want to talk to you about what are, what are you missing? And I don't know if we can get that slide up. What are you missing? What I think is interesting in, in our world today is that we have this unbelievable fear that we're missing something. In fact, I think it, it blows my mind. I'm like, I don't know if we should plan events out like for the semester or should we wait till the day up? Because I'm not sure if it's okay in, your, in this generation to actually put something on the calendar because what if you pencil that in? And you actually lean towards going, but then there's something else that comes up. And you're like, oh, well, good thing I only penciled it in. Because now I can go. And I think this is a real thing. Like, as she's looking in this room, like, what am I missing? Look at all these books. You're like, you're never going to find anything in this room. And I think we, we feel like at times, like, life is, is clamoring for our attention, and we just don't want to miss it. We just don't want to miss doing something and making a commitment that causes us to miss something else. And all of a sudden, we know that COVID didn't make it any better, right? Come on, can I get an amen? Like, COVID ruined us because you were mandated to miss out, You were mandated to miss out. Some of you missed an entire school year. And if we're really honest with ourselves, right, like there came a point where it was actually kind of scary and you're like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden we were so done with it. But when you got that cough going and you had the fever and you had to take another test by sticking another thing up your nose, you're like, I'm so done. And then I got to wait another 14 days before I see another person. I, I was thinking about this because during the COVID season, we have this winter conference, right, called SALT. And all of the Chi Alphas in the Southeast, they get together and they, they worship Jesus. And <clears throat> it's, an, it's an amazing time. But during COVID, we can do, we can do uh, SALT is the name of the winter conference. So we decided from Virginia Tech Chi Alpha that we would do a winter tour so that we could connect with students. And so we, we went to Nova and we went to the 757 and we did one here in Southwest Virginia. And, and uh, anyway, long story short, we're, we're doing these conferences to bring students together to worship Jesus in the midst of this thing as COVID is starting to lessen. And I'm about, and I'm also a main speaker And I start not feeling well, like two days before this winter conference. And my wife says, you can't go. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean I can't go? I'm the speaker. I have to go. There's no, there's no. And then she's wanting me to take a test. And I'm like, I don't want to take a test. Because if it comes back positive, that means I really have to stay. And, and I have to miss the very thing I spent a month planning and preparing a year goes by, and we have another conference. We actually have SALT coming back together. I'm supposed to teach at that one as well. 
And two days before we're supposed to leave, I'm not feeling so hot. So I called the director of salt and I said, hey, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I'm not feeling so great, but I think I'm going to be okay. I'll come down. He goes, you can't come unless you take a test. I'm like, no, no, I really don't need to take a test. I'll be okay, you know. I won't be the super spreader, but I promise, you know, like, and, uh, <clears throat> and then my, uh, my wife takes the test because she's just holy like that and decided she better take the test, and she was positive, positive. and so I called the director back up. I was like, listen, Patrick, my wife has COVID, but I'm convinced I don't have COVID, and you, you know, and he's like, no, you can't come unless you take the test. I was like, no, don't make me take the test, so I took the test, and I was, neg- I mean, I was positive. I was like, don't worry, I won't, I won't do anything, but I'll teach just my session, and I'll wear a mask. No, it's just... because we really don't want to miss out, right? And, and because of that, this has been a thing for, this is not just your generation. Can I just be honest with you? Like, FOMO has been termed maybe a couple generations ago, but like, it's been a human problem forever, because we just don't want to miss out on something great. But what's amazing to me is that, that we actually are more concerned about missing out on something that's temporal than something that is eternal. And, and your generation is actually willing to put aside. You're, you're like, wait, I, I don't want to go to that thing because what if someone else calls me on Friday night? And there's something better. Well, what's better? Do we ever stop and think about what is the better thing that you're waiting around for? That I can't commit to going out with the guys to the game. I can't commit to going to life group. I can't commit to, you know, going to my friends to, out to dinner because just what if? Some guys sit around waiting all day for the girl to call and she never does. And so what's happening is that we're actually missing out more on life by fear of missing out than we are experiencing life. But yet again, those things are mostly just temporal. They're not, they're not actually something that really matters. Guess what happened because I missed these, this winter conference? Nothing. Did I miss a good time with my, my Chi Alpha family? Yes. But then all of a sudden, when we live through this lens, what is God really getting at to this generation? Maybe I missed out on a couple memories. But in the end, the reason why we're so worried about missing out is because maybe we're living for something that never satisfies. Because you were created for something so much more. You and I were created for something that is to never die but to to go on forever into eternity. And until you know that person, Jesus, you will always be fearful that you're going to miss out that one thing, that one thing that will, will change my life, that one thing that will, it'll be the best moment of my life. But the truth of the matter is all you'll have is a memory that begins to fade over time, and it leaves you wanting Let's just be honest. Your greatest earthly pleasure will only leave you wanting because it'll, it was never created to satisfy. But Jesus is the one that we actually should be concerned about missing out on. 
actually being with Jesus is the one because he's the one we get to be with forever. He's the one that loves you. He's the one that, that knows you full well. He's the one, right? And because of that, like, we, what if we lived our life with this idea that I don't want to pass by what God is doing on the earth? I don't, I don't want to pass by what God is doing at Virginia Tech. I don't want to pass by what God is about to do at morning prayer. I don't want to pass by what God is about to break out in life group this week. I don't want to pass by those moments because he's everything. And all of a sudden, we're, we gain perspective on what we're really living for. What is it that you're missing? What is it that you're fearful that you're missing out on? What if a generation would be awakened that there's only one thing that they care that they do not miss, and it's the presence of God? What would happen? What would happen to this community? What would happen to Virginia Tech if there was 200 students that refused to pass, let the, let the presence of God pass by? Come on. That's powerful. There's a, a man in the Bible in John chapter 3. His name is Nicodemus. And he comes to Jesus at night. He's a Pharisee. He's a ruler of the Jews. He's in the Sanhedrin. This, this guy had it together. If there was somebody that was good in his day, it would have been Nicodemus, right? I mean, he gave his life to study the Torah. I mean, he would have known it like the back of his hand. He would have been a devout man, a man that actually cared deeply about God. He would have been faithful to his wife. He would have paid his taxes. But that's not, that's not it. There's more. We see from this passage of Scripture that he's spiritually perceptive. He sees that there's something about Jesus that's different than any other man he'd ever met. And it, he understands that God must be with him because the things that Jesus is doing, is not, they're, they're not normal. He, he notices those things. He's spiritually perceptive. He's also part of the Sanhedrin, which was like the Supreme Court of Israel. Let's just put it this way. He was a distinguished man of his day and someone who was devout. Yet he comes to Jesus at night in John chapter 3, and, and he says, listen, God must be with you. And it's like Jesus knows why he's there. Because he just launches right in. And you're like, wait a second. Read this passage with me. This is John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That is which, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from, for where it goes, 
So it is with everyone who's born in the Spirit. So anyway, the, the thing about this passage, and I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot diving too into this, but there's a guy who's, who's got some things figured out in life, right? He's got some things figured out, but the, there's, there's this recognition that there's something missing, and there's something about this Jesus that I've got to get alone with him about and begin to question him about who he is and what's going on. And so he comes at night, really probably to not be seen by all the other Pharisees. He doesn't want a bad rap. He's a, he's a man of, of prestige, a, a distinguished man. And so he wants to make sure that he gets alone with Jesus in a, in a time, but also probably so that he could have his attention because Jesus was starting to do some things on the, on the earth that were, you know, just touching people, changing lives. And so he just gets alone with them already. And what's amazing is that when Jesus says a man must be born again, it seems like Nicodemus gets it, right? Like, okay, how can this be? Right? He doesn't ask. He's, he's wondering, like, well, how does this happen? Right? And so we, as we dive in, Jesus goes to this moment that he would have understood. Most of us would, would not really understand what Jesus is saying here unless we really studied the scriptures. But Jesus launches into this thing. And it, it can kind of seem like this confusing discourse between Nicodemus and Jesus. And we pick up back in verse 9. He says, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So what happens is he takes this Pharisee back to a story that he would have known extremely well from Numbers 21. And in Numbers 21, the, the, the Israelites, right, they begin to sin against God by speaking against Yahweh, the one who delivered them out of slavery, right? The one who they saw the miraculous signs in Egypt. They saw God deliver them out of slavery. They walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. I mean, this is the God that saved their life. Now they're in the wilderness and they're speaking against God and against Moses. And these snakes come in to camp and they're poisonous and they start biting the people, and people start dying. They start crying back out to God, Lord, forgive us. And he tells Moses, I want you to make a bronze serpent and put it up on a pole. And if you know anything about the ancient Near East, this would have been like screaming, no, we don't do idols. But whatever reason, God has said, do this. And Moses, out of obedience, forms and crafts this bronze, bronze snake and puts it up on a pole. And then he says, God tells the people, if you go out to this bronze snake and look at it after you've been bitten by this poisonous snake, you will live. So is it, is it magic in the snake? No, it's obedience and faith. Obedience and faith. And so God has them go out to look on this, this serpent that's up on a pole. 
And by faith, they walk out and they look at it and they're healed. It's like the, the antidote. Now, isn't it interesting? Because what Jesus is doing here to Nicodemus is he's putting us all in the same camp. You see, we've all been bitten by the snake of sin. And it runs through your blood. There is no escape as there was no escape for the people in Numbers. Each and every human being that walks on this earth has been bitten by the snake of sin. We all have the poison, and one day it's going to take its toll on our life. And Jesus, what, is, what, is, what happens in this? Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. You see, our Jesus hung on a tree that anyone that would look to him and believe would receive the same antidote from the poison that runs through our veins. As we think about what are we missing, we are missing the only thing that humanity is missing is a relationship with Jesus, and he has the cure. He's actually what you're looking for. I'm going to ask Jewel to come up and share her story. Hey, y'all. So most of y'all know I'm Jewel, Jewel Hayes. I'm a second-year intern. I graduated from Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech Engineering, whoop, whoop, engineering degree. Um, so when I got asked to share my testimony, I was praying pretty hard about, like, what this would look like. Um, I feel like the Lord's taking me on a really intricate journey, um, and so he challenged me to share my testimony the way that uh, it was first written. And um, something that's really cool about my testimony is the Lord wrote my testimony in spoken word form. Um, and so that's what I'm going to share with you guys today, and I'm going to break it down a little bit for you. Cool? Cool. All right. I was raised in a church, Baptist, many rules and religion trapped in the mundane messages of revelation. This was my understanding of the Christian nation. Slept through the messages, it was time to wake up. Took about seven years for me to take up my cross. You won't believe me, but the me I am is not the me I was. Compulsive liar, a thief, a cheater, manipulator, temple defiler, but still a leader. Smoked weed, cocaine, drank tequila by the leader. Lost the meaning of love and endless sex games, manifesting shame, running from my pain. Two-stepping and screaming, Delta is the way she's not. Giving my life away for a deity who never even knew my name. They said, what's your testimony? It felt like they wanted me to dig up my pain because there was so much shame. But I needed to go deeper. So he unbinded the wires that allowed my heart and mind to flow without the blockage of what will the world know? You are free and you are a testimony. Defiled, sinned against, a child molested, deaf and fenced, hurt held down with strong bows and knuckles, a laugh at your pain. That's why they chuckle. I said no longer will they treat me this way. But a piece of me knew I died that day. And the day after and the one after that I sat. And I fought, and I wondered what of me was left, just thoughts. Religion said I'm used, abused, when they should have told me the truth. I had a friend. His name is Jesus Christ. 
He delivered me before I got to my end. He told me I was going to be the giving tree. Irrevocably, shackles fell to my feet. He deemed me his daughter, and now I'm free. Crown jewels, I'm used for the good of his kingdom. A branch with fruit, red, green, and blue, and that's what she'll do. She's a woman on fire, sets flames to the hearts, minds, and bodies of the world. She's coming through into a new dimension. That woman was hurled on skates, head first. She moved at top speed. She knew no fear except the two, and he, that's three, the Holy Trinity. I see life differently from a new lens. There's a reason why I felt like I lost all my friends, because I made them from the lies I was taught but God knew I was not, God knew, because I made them from the lies I was taught, but God knew who I was not, a worth not determined from the price that I'd bought. You can't fix you and the things you do, enslaved to the desires of the world and to the consumption of these men and these girls. Look to him. He's promised to be your best friend. All his promises are yes and amen. He paid it all up on the cross, unbinding and unshackling me from sin to be in union with him within. And nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me from his love for a sinner like you and like me to be seen, to be redeemed, and to be in holy matrimony. I am known. I am free. Thanks. So I'm going to just break down a little bit. Um, that, that was a really cool, like, that's really like a huge redemptive part of my story. Um, I would have never been able to share that up here before the Lord. Um, so I'm just going to give you the plainly of my story is uh, I, uh, you heard a good chunk of it. I gave my life to the Lord all over again in the pandemic. Um, I was president of my sorority for about three years. I was top of my class for engineering, material science. I had an internship. Um, every summer, I was known as like the internship queen. That's what my friends called me. And uh, literally had the best of friends that anyone could ask for. And it really wasn't until the pandemic hit. I remember uh, hopping off the plane from Puerto Rico when the pandemic hit. I don't know if y'all remember that. Y'all might be too young. But when the pandemic hit, uh, we were all on spring break. And they, I, we got the email saying, you know, we're going to extend spring break for another week. And I was in Puerto Rico. And so I was like, so well, that means I'm going to cancel my flight going home. We're going to extend it out for another week. And so that's exactly what I did. Um, and when I got back, it was like the whole world had flipped upside down. Like, it was crazy. Um, I honestly did not care about the pandemic when I first touched ground. Uh, I was just living my life how I want to live my life. I'm like, eh, you know, it is what it is. But then things just started like going crazy. Uh, my friends abandoned me out the blue because they thought I had COVID. I didn't have COVID, but they thought I had COVID. They stopped talking to me. It was crazy. It was random. Um, I didn't have an internship lined up, which was also crazy because like, like I told you, I was known as internship queen. Um, my sorority was falling apart and I didn't understand what was going on. And I remember uh, one of my best friends, I live with her. Like I said, my best friends abandoned me and uh, they didn't even let me in my own house. It was pretty crazy. So I had to go back to Norfolk, and I had not realized I'd been running from my family for about five years, because uh, I was always on internship somewhere else. And I had to come home to Norfolk, and when I got home to Norfolk, I remember crying out to God, saying, God, why, why is my life falling apart? What's going on? Like, no internship, no friends, like, my sorority's trash, like, I gotta be home with my family, I don't even like them, they don't really like me. 
And it was just like, what's going on, God? I remember crying out on my bedroom floor, like, God, why are you doing this? And he didn't answer me. He said nothing. And so I changed my question. I said, God, what are you trying to teach me in all this? And he said, Jewel, I'm trying to show you that everything that you have been building your life on, everything that you desire will never satisfy you like I can. You've built your life on affirmations of man. You've built your life on your accolades and your accomplishments. And I am still God. And when all these things start to crumble away from you, who are you? Who are you? Because you're not Jewel the Engineer anymore. You ain't got no job. You're not Jewel the Delta no more because you're already falling apart. You know? You're not Jewel the Best Friends of so-and-so because they don't even want you no more. So who are you? And um, I was like, okay, well, um, okay, so, uh, well, 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 who are you, God? Who are you, Jesus? And he started to show himself. I literally said, Jesus, show me who you are. Because I know God, but who is Jesus? And I realized in that moment, not in that moment, but over time that like, I knew God, like I knew of God as like my savior, the one I prayed to all the time to. But like in that moment, I think I had a revelation of God as my Lord, right? Because the Bible says is uh, confess Jesus as Lord, right? And believe that he lived for you and died for you and you will be saved. But I only saw him as savior. He was just someone I called when I was down bad, right? Because engineering always had me down bad, right? Uh, <laughs> but I was down, down bad in that moment. And, and it wasn't just a Jesus save me moment, right? It was, Jesus, who are you? Show, me, show yourself to me. And he, I, he showed himself to me. Something happened in that moment where I was forced, y'all. I said, I never do food service. I never do food service. I worked a Fortune 500 engineering job. I said, I'll never go back to food service. Y'all, I had to work in my family restaurant. Y'all, it was ghetto. It was so ghetto. It was so ghetto. But listen, let me tell you, it humbled me. It humbled me because I learned how to be a servant. I learned how to serve. And I believe God showed up to me in those areas, those places, because now my life, I didn't have no friends. Y'all, I would cry. It was a circular cry, God. I would cry because I'm sad because I ain't got no friends, and I want to tell my friends how sad I am. And then I remember I ain't got no friends, and then I would cry again. It's so bad. Let me get some water. <laughs> so I learned how to serve in those places. My cousin was a restaurant owner, and he was an ordained minister. And I was like, you know what? God said he's going to show himself to me. So I'm just waiting for him to show himself to me. But for now, I'm going to read this Bible because apparently this is how he showed himself to me, right? And so I started reading my word. And as I read my word, like, I would have these problems. And I would go to my cousin about it. And I'm like, hey, Ski, like, what does this mean in God's word? Like, how, how would God deal with this problem? And he would show the word to me. And he would give me guidance. And I'm like, okay. And I just start to feel like, like, I remember being super sad at one point. But I remember, like, joy started to enter into my life. Like, I was always excited about Jesus. I was always excited about reading his word. I was always excited about sharing with other people. And I think the biggest thing was I realized that I had lived, I had built this whole life up for myself. And now I'm right here. It's like senior year, and I'm working fast food service. And it's like, whoa, you never know. You never know how life might hit you. You really don't know. Pandemic came out of nowhere for all of us. It affected everyone differently. That's, I'm not going to say God going to bring another pandemic, but 
He could bring a situation in your life that could take everything from up under your feet, right? You know, and you could be down bad all over again. My point is, is don't wait to be in the lowest place to call out for God, right? Like, he doesn't want you as your savior in the low moments. He wants, he wants to be your Lord. And it, lordship, that word lordship in the Greek is, uh, what is it, kurios? And kurios literally means to give control over to. Like, how many times have we tried to take control over something? Right? And you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna just do my schedule like this, and we're gonna do a little 30 minute blocks, yep, and this is, and then transfer time. And then what happened? The bus don't work. <laughs> it didn't come, and now you're in the rain. You know? The reality is, is you get to surrender to the Lord. Like when you get to surrender your life to Him, you're given control of all things, not just some things, not just your school, not just your family life, not just you know, the, that relationship that's really questionable, like all things. And I started to learn how to trust the Lord with all things, y'all. I even asked the Lord what to wear in the morning now, right? Like all things, like that, that spoken word piece, that was written by him. And he said, you'll by faith, you're going to walk this thing out. You're going to walk, you're going to speak this thing. It's going to bring life to people. It's going to transform someone's heart, someone's mind. There was a lot of stuff in that testimony. There's a lot. I really can't get that deep into it because I don't have the time to do that. But trust me when I say, like, when you choose to say yes to Jesus, everything changes. That's what lordship means. I remember praying. I prayed every day before that moment in my life, y'all. Every day, right? But my life didn't look like I was praying. My life, I didn't have any transformation. There was no change in my heart. There was no challenge in my mind. I wasn't challenged to love. I didn't have the fruit of the spirit. I had no self-control. None whatsoever. If I didn't feel like doing something, I didn't do it. It didn't get done until the deadline was approaching and then it got done. But self-control, joy, love, peace, right? Like you can't walk in that stuff on your own. You literally need God's help to love other people. You need his help to love other people. Can I share something else with y'all? The pandemic, y'all remember that, right? Y'all remember the race riots that was going on? That was crazy. I want you, Jewel was out there. I was out there protesting. I was doing the whole thing. But you know what I learned? I literally remember being in, uh, on the Hampton Roads Highway, marching the Hampton Roads Highway. And that was the first time in my life I ever looked down the barrel of a gun. That was the first time in my life. And I just remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, will you give your life for a cause like mine in the same way that you give it for a cause like this? I was willing to die for black lives to matter. Am I willing to live? Like, am I willing to die for Christ? For his life to be made known on this earth? For the sake of the gospel? Right? Like, it's so serious that we, we really go to great lengths for so many things in our life. We put our lives on the line for a lot of things in our life. Some of us, y'all don't put your life on the line for nothing. Y'all just live scary. Don't. It's not worth it. Right? Right? Because if we try to save our life, we'll lose it. That's what his word says. If we try to save our life, we'll lose it. But if we give our life to him, we'll save it. Because that's called salvation. That's salvation. And I just want to share with y'all, like, the goodness of God, the mercy of God. All that stuff that happened to me wasn't because God is mean. In fact, it's because he's so merciful. You know, I, I deserve so much worse than all that. I deserve so much worse. 
He's so merciful and he's so loving and he's so kind. And he made me with an intentional purpose. He made each and every one of y'all with an intentional purpose in mind, an original design when he created you. He created you to be with him, to walk in the garden with him. That was the whole purpose, right? And then sin entered into the world. (laughs) And that sucks, right? Because sin creates separation between us and God. And in that separation, we didn't get to walk and talk with God anymore. It caused so much distance. So much distance. Guys, can you, get, can, you, can you just walk with me real quick? The way I'm talking to y'all right now is the way God desires to walk with you and talk with you. Like that was the original design. Isn't that crazy? Ain't none of y'all ever seen God before. But that was the original plan. We were supposed to be this close. But when sin entered into the world, it created the distance between us and God, and, and it, it caused chaos. That's why there's anger, and that's why there's greed, and that's why there's fighting, and that's why there's racism, and that's why there's turmoil, and that's why we stress like this, right? And we're all guilty of sin. We're all guilty of lying. We're all guilty of cheating. We're all guilty of doing something we're not supposed to do, right? Because sin is simply anything that deviates from God's design, anything that deviates from his heart. And I know for a full fact, I can say I have deviated from his heart on many occasions. But there's such a good news. There's such a sweet news. Mm. Because that sin, it costs something. It costs something, a price that we couldn't pay ourselves. Like it costs life, it costs death. And the only one who could actually pay that death back is Jesus. Like, he's actually the only one who could cover that death. The crazy thing is he did. (laughs) So that way we don't have to be separated from God. So that way we could be in relationship with him. So that way we could walk and talk with him. And that's what he did. He came down. Jesus came down. God came down in flesh as Jesus. So that way he could live a life, a perfect life, y'all. Something we could never do. He lived a perfect life and then died. He died for each and every one of you. The blood that was shed and his body that was broken, the blood that it covered our sins. It's literally like, it literally covered us. It's like a, it's like a bath that cleanses us because God is holy and he can't be amongst anything that's not holy. He's perfect and he's loving and he loves us. But in order for him to be so close to us, You have to be just as clean, and we're not. But he was like, I'm going to make them clean. So I'm going to shed my blood, and I'm going to cover them, and I'm going to wash them clean. Why this snow? So that way I can be in relationship with them. He desires that for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us. It's not just for the black girls. It's not just for the white boys. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. There's no division. There's no wall of hostility anymore. Everyone. He desires that for everyone. To cleanse you. And to renew you. And to restore you. And that's to everyone who says, yes, I want Jesus. Yes, I want to make him my Lord. And my Savior. Not just one or the other, y'all. Because if your life doesn't reflect it, you got to check your heart. Is he my Lord? Or is he just my Savior? Because the Bible says, 
those who confess Jesus as Lord and believe in their heart that he died for you, for your sins, but he didn't just die, he also rose from the dead to let us know he's God, that we would be saved. That we would be saved. So I don't know who in here has not confessed him as Lord and Savior, but I believe he's calling you home. Because when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter his love, transformation happens, guys. It's not just repeating some words. It's not just signing off on a piece of paper. Transformation happens. That testimony is what happened to me. I didn't know nothing about spoken word. I didn't think I was creative at all. But when I said yes to Jesus, when I said, Jesus, show me yourself, he started to show me himself. But he also started to show me that I was actually designed to be. The original design that I was intended for. Jewel, who can share a word in front of a crowd. I would never do anything like this. But that's what transformation does. It says the only thing that's worthy talking about in front of a crowd is Jesus. The only one that's worth dancing for is Jesus. The only one worth stepping for is Jesus. We, put our, we literally put our lives on the line for school. Some of y'all don't get no sleep for school. The only one not worth sleeping for is Jesus. But rest is your portion, so you should be sleeping. Okay? But like I said, if there's anyone here, seriously, the first, first call, if you want a real relationship with Jesus, if you've never had a relationship with God, and you're like, yo, what she's talking about, I feel like I want a piece of it. Never before been said before. I want to invite you into that, y'all. Because he is so perfect and so loving and so kind. And he does not disappoint. People will disappoint you all day. He does not disappoint. He is so loving. He loves you so much. He sees you beyond your faults. Y'all heard my testimony. I used to smoke weed and cocaine. That's crazy. I don't look like it. Because God. Because God. I'm serious. Y'all not listening to me. <laughs> Literally, he transforms everything that has happened in the past. When you say yes to Jesus, when you say, God, forgive me of the sins that I've done, he wipes you clean. You're not, that's not you no more. Like, that was, that's not me no more. I'm a new creation. If that's something you want, you, seriously, if that's something that you want, I want you to be bold enough to say, I want Jesus. Because he's the only one worth raising your hand for. Y'all raise your hand in class all day. Maybe. Maybe. I've been in engineering class. Y'all don't say nothing. I'm serious, though. If that's what you want, you want a real relationship with Jesus. You never said yes. I want you to raise your hand on a count of three, okay? One, this would be the best decision you ever make in your life. Two, he does not disappoint. He loves you, and he's been searching after you. Three, I want you to raise your hand because you are now. Part of the kingdom. Yeah, I see you. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else want it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. We see you guys. Okay. And the second call is for those who have been walking with the Lord and just been calling him Savior. It's for y'all. 
because I was one of them. It's time to make him your Lord. There's no half in, half out, y'all. It's time for your life to look like the word that he's written. It's time to follow him with your whole heart, not half your heart. No half in, half out, because half in, half out means you're still out. So if you're ready to follow him with your whole heart, seriously, I want to invite you into that. Y'all get a three count too, all right? All right, be ready. One, Lord means giving control of your life. Two, you can't control your life. Only God can. Three, come on, bring in the invitation. Raise your hand if you want it. Come on. I see you. Come on. Who else want it? Okay. Amen. Amen. Guys, I want y'all to know what you just did was the best decision of your entire life. That God wants to transform you and change you. He wants to awaken your hearts and your mind. He wants to bring transformation and renewal to you. And I just want to pray while the band comes in because when you say yes to Jesus, you don't just say yes to Jesus. You say yes to the family of God. You are part of something so much bigger than yourself. You are not alone in this journey. You say yes to being a child. You say yes to being a daughter and being a son. And when you have a revelation of a son and a daughter, you move different. Your confidence comes not from the people around you. It comes from God. Right? Like, when you say yes to Jesus, the living God dwells within you. He, can, can you catch that? God's spirit dwells within you. I'm a human, and God dwells within me. If can't nothing stop God and he's in me, can't nothing stop me. And y'all need to live your life from that reality. Nothing can stop you when you rely on him and him alone. Okay? So God, we thank you so much for the invitation to be with you. We thank you so much, God, for fellowship. God, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you that what was missing was you all along, God. God, we thank you that you've welcomed us into your arms deeper. God, I just ask, Lord, that this be a night that marks all of eternity for us, God. That transforms our minds, transforms our hearts, God. God, renew us, restore us. God, we invite you into our hearts. We invite you into our minds. Move in this place, God. God, we don't want this year to be another year of being down bad with no help, God. God, we want real transformation. We want real relationship with you. We don't want religion anymore. We want freedom in Christ. And so we say yes to freedom in Christ. We say yes to your love. We say yes to your love. Fill us, God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignite Sessions podcast. To learn more about Virginia Tech Chi Alpha, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it using the hashtag TheIgniteSessions. We'll see you next time.